For a minute, I'd like to start out tying up a few loose ends and doing a bit of review. One big loose end is, is there room in creation for evolution? The first clue given in chapter 1 is that God made all of the animals on day 6 after its kind. A study of the word suggests species were locked in. God put bumper pads down so species would stay within their lanes. That would be true for man the mammal. There's nothing in the meaning of according to its kind or the passage that would suggest that man was created any other than fully developed. I ask my students, does the Bible allow for microevolution? That is, can species evolve within themselves? The answer is a resounding yes. We have a pet canine in our home. Lucy, a Cavachon Yorkie Poo, a fancy way to say a mutt. She's a 16-pound adorable furball, and she's directly related to a wolf. That's microevolution, the evolving of a species within a species. But the Bible does not give any allowance for macroevolution. According to the Bible, my little mutt Lucy has no distant relatives in the bird, fish, or reptile category. Another loose end is day seven. It's addressed at the beginning of Genesis chapter 2. The text tells us, When the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was complete, on the seventh day, having finished his work, God rested from all his work, and God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day he rested from his work. We should understand the Hebrew word rested. On the surface, it sounds like God stopped his hard work, sat down and took a break. The idea of rest in Hebrew is wholeness and celebration and refreshment and reconnection. Here's one of the first places in the Bible the whole idea is this prescriptive or descriptive comes up. Most conclude God is laying down a principle here. Don't work 24-7. Take a regular time to step back, celebrate, reconnect, refresh. We're not human doings. We're human beings made in God's image. One more loose end. Where does the Bible say man was created? The answer, Garden of Eden. God nails it down with geography, somewhere between the Euphrates and Tigris River in modern-day Iraq. Why are we here? Man's job? To be caretakers of God's creation. Which brings us to the essence of what we want to talk about today. God creating the first man and saying, something's missing. The text suggests God realized that before Adam did. So God gave him a job. Go name the animals. I have some fun with my students about the names, but I'll spare you the geezer humor. What clearly happens is that the first man, Adam, notices that all the mammals have mates, male and female. He sees how they relate. He sees the offspring they're producing. And he perhaps asks himself, what am I? chop liver? The text says he realized that there was no helper suitable for him. We should define helper. To my students, helper means gopher, someone to do the dirty work while someone else who's really smart does a job. That's not the Hebrew definition. Helper means one who answers back to, who meets my need, who fills up the empty places. I ask my students if they've ever seen the necklace couples get. Two chains, one pendant cut in half in a zigzag pattern. 
Together, those two pendants form the whole. That's what's going on here. Once he realizes his need, God meets it. While Adam was taken from dust, the text tells us Eve was taken from Adam, from his side. Occasionally, I'll have a student say to the girls in the class, See, you wouldn't even be here without us guys. To which almost always, a girl will respond, Well, you guys wouldn't be here if it wasn't for a woman. That's beautiful. We need each other to be complete as image bearers of God. Genesis tells us, God made them in his image, male and female made he them. There are no blurred lines here. A man, a woman, complementing each other as partners managing creation. The text also tells us about their living situation. Adam and Eve are running around the garden, partners together, naked and not ashamed. My students blush a little bit at this. Then I remind them they're in a temperate climate, in perfect Eden-like conditions. I ask them, what would you think about the woman next door who dressed her cat up in a parka and took it out for a walk? They'd think she was a little strange. And so it would have been for Adam and Eve, these mammals made in God's image, in a world without sin, in a world where no creepiness had crept in. It was a love story made in paradise, lovers and rulers over creation. Chapter 2 of Genesis ends with Adam just euphoric. This one, at last, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, woman, for she was taken out of man. Then God, through the human writer, adds his editorial note. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. I send my students home after that class period with two pieces of paper and an assignment. It's a pink sheet. It's a blue sheet. And the assignment is to glue these two sheets together as best you can. Bring them back tomorrow. Pink and blue and glue. What does the Bible have to say about that? We'll answer that in our next word picture.